Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Cheering crowd sound, it's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us.com. Hey, this is David from Bleed the Sky, and you're listening to Concerts That Made Us.
David, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Glad to be here. It's great to have you now. I'm looking forward to getting some insights into your music. So we opened the episode with The Parasite, which you released on the 21st of February. Would you like to tell us a bit about it? Sure, yeah. Song Parasite's going awesome for us. I mean, a uh, little background of the song. Um, it was at a perfect, we just brought on Monty, um, our new vocalist. It's his, nurse, his first track that we put out with him. Um, the guys and I had kind of had that song a skeleton of it as to what it looks like right now, uh, kind of put together before he joined the band, but bringing Monty in, we brought his, uh, you know, his influence and, and his, uh, ideas and, and thoughts as far as arrangement goes, putting the song together. And, um, you know, he brought, he brought the, the lyric content and everything, you know, as far as that goes with him. So we, of course, we made a little bit of uh change as far as, you know, um our ra- musical arrangement goes but as far as the song goes and you know the parasite basically the breakdown to it as far as his vocals and lyrics go is that you know the parasite being the thing that uh, a lot of folks uh, myself included you know especially with the, the youth today is that we can't get that um the social medias the twitters the all the things that we grab onto that are those things that give us those quick dopamine fixes you know and uh we kind of ignore what's really going on in the world because the parasite has totally grabbed onto all of us being those things that we latch onto that show us that the world isn't actually falling apart under our feet. It actually is a great place to be in because everything looks so great and pretty online and, you know, and on these little, these little computers that we all hold in our hands every day, you know? So um, that's kind of what the, what the background of the song is, is it's, it's just as simple as that. It's literally the parasite being, um, you know, that we are ourselves as humans just completely destroying the world and and just being oblivious to what's actually going on in the world because we're getting so drowned by the constant um, bells and whistles and rainbows that are all over the Internet showing us that the world's not actually a crazy place to live in in this time. I don't think there could be more true lyrics when you put it like that. And. You know, the track features Mark Hunter of Chimera. How did you manage to wrangle him onto the project? You know, we uh, we reached out to Mark. So Austin uh, Diamond, our drummer, it was a uh, was an active member of, of Chimera for a few years, you know, and um, he's built relationships with Mark and and the 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 other guys, uh, Wayne Miller. Um you know, Wayne's known Mark for years and the, the guys had a, a decent relationship with those guys just for the past 20 years, you know, um, being involved in, and we've all been Chimera fans and all that. And then having Austin be a, you know, a good friend and a, and, and a bandmate with, with Mark Hunter didn't, didn't hurt by us reaching out and, Hey man, what do you think about this track? Would it be something you're interested in? And Mark was, you know, all about doing it. And, it just came out perfect. It couldn't come out better than we, we, uh, it came out better than we expected it to, as far as having Monty and Mark Hunter on the track, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And the music video, the music video now is pretty cool. What was the whole process like with making that? Um, you know, Eric DiCarlo, he really, really is a super talented director. He came with a good vision in mind, you know, and a lot of the a lot of the content behind the scenes content of getting that video put together really had a lot to do with Kevin Garcia, our guitar player and, and Monty um, really just having those, those meetings with Eric and saying, you know, kind of, here's the vision we're going for. This is what we kind of want it to look like. And he took it from there and just, you know, went above and beyond for us. And, you know, the finished product is what we have now with the parasite video, you know, 
Um, just super, super professional from, from, uh, from the jump, you know, guy, guy came in, know what we wanted and really did his best to make sure that we got that taken care of. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you've mentioned Monty now around the same time you released the track, you announced that he was going to be your new singer as a band. Sometimes when, you know, you don't, when you lose a singer, it can be the end of the band. What was the search like trying to find a new singer and how did you end up picking Monty? So um, basically how it worked out is, you know, we we um, we stopped working with Noah, our original vocalist, and ended up getting uh, Rudy Flores, who is the he's the current vocalist for So This Is Suffering, jumped on board with us. And um, just, you know, personalities didn't fit out. It, it is what it is, man. Things happen. Um, so we actually weren't out looking for singers. We never we said we released Rudy. We never put out like we're auditioning people. We just started getting an influx of people sending us tracks of their either them doing covers of our songs, you know, with like the vocals taken out or them screaming over the vocals, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, just folks just sending us a whole bunch of stuff, man. And it, not that uh, those folks were, were super talented and, 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 you know, could have cut it and all that stuff. But what really, what really made that happen for, for Monty is he had a, a mutual friend of ours, an agent um, that we shared. Um, and basically, you know, one thing led to another, Monty was like, you know, uh, he's as I was, you know, I, I was a I wasn't on the first record. Um, I was joined in 2006, but I've been a, it was the same kind of deal. You know, you're a fan of the band. You love the music, you know, and um, he kind of reached out to us through that, through our agent, you know, and we kind of connected with him. And he sent us some tracks of the stuff that he's done in his his previous working with his bands. And he's got a good uh, he's got a good um, resume. You know, he's been a professional musician for a long time. You know, he's about about our age um, and just, you know, super devoted guy to to what it takes to to make it happen. As far as, you know, the commitment to being a, a professional musician at any capacity, if you're trying to make music with with guys that are, you know, taking it serious, you got to be able to put in the same effort, you know, so um so anyways we we got some tracks from monty and had him had him uh work you know give us a demo of you know sing sing this you know whatever track it was that we sent him and then he sent us that and then we sent him um a basic uh skeleton of what was gonna be uh or, or what is the parasite you know it wasn't exactly how it is but um we sent him that and he started sending us tracks back um with his vocals over it and, and lyrics and and how he was mapping out the song you know and then um really what happened, you know, is that he was able to, you know, he didn't come into it like he's timid or, you know, kind of that new guy feel. Bonnie came into it with a very professional attitude, you know, and knew he knew what he could bring to the table. And that's the confidence we needed a front man, you know, somebody that's like, okay, guys, this is all badass. It sounds cool. I love these riffs, but X, Y, and Z can be played this many times. Let's move this around over here and do this. And he just walked in as a new guy saying, Okay, dudes, that you've all been working together for all these years. Now we're gonna mix this shit up and make it work better. You know what I mean? For, yeah. for 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 you know, and that and that was really you know. I mean, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the correspondence we did with Monty was all over online. We all live all over the place. I mean, um, as you know, we're all over the United States. Two of us are in California. Our other guitar player is in Florida. Monty and I are in the Oregon area. You know, but we're still a couple hours apart. Like none of us live close to each other, really. You know minus uh the guys that are in cali and so everything is done remotely for us for the most part you know writing included and so um for him to be able to come into the mix and and bring that to the table and just and that level of confidence that level of professionalism and 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 bring what he brought to that song um kind of helped us make that decision to move forward with him 
Yeah. And you mentioned working remotely. How do you feel about that? Do you think it kind of it holds you back or do you think it's a bit of an advantage? Well, I think that it takes it's kind of a double edged sword because it makes it easier. Technology has made it easier for us to live across the United States and be able to share riffs through files and and writing. Per, you know what I mean? Um, but it does take the organic feel out of being in a room with five guys and just cranking it out and leaving with your ears ringing and, you know, everybody drenched in sweat because your head banging all night long, writing this one <laughs> song, you know, like that feel is, you know, we don't, we don't get to feel that until it's time to like start rehearsing and, and you know what I mean? Getting ready for whatever we're going to be doing as far as shows goes, things like that. So yes, it's a, uh, it's convenient, but it does take that organic feel out. Now we have gotten we've been doing this for a while now, you know, um, as far as writing goes, as far as getting songs together and just like, so we've got, we've, we've adapted, I guess you can say, you know, um, but we're all old school. You know, we, we do come from the days of being able to just like get into a room with your, your buddies and just knock out songs, you know? So it takes a little bit longer for us because it, unless we're on these, these kind of conversations like you and I are on every single day and, and working back and forth. It takes the, the writing process takes a little bit longer, but it, at the end of the day, like because we've adapted and just learned how to do it, it doesn't, it's not, it's not as tough as it was when we first started doing it like this, you know, now it's, it's it does have that more organic feeling because even though we're not in the same room, we're still able to communicate and send the files back and forth. And, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, true. You just have to deal with it, I suppose. But, um, you know, the band has a very long history dating back to 2002. One thing I, I'm very interested in now is how does this era of the band compare to the old days? Um, You know, it's one thing that we've never wanted to stop doing was creating music that we loved. So this era of the band is, I mean, you know, the... the with the lineup changes and the things that we've done over the years, you know, um, yeah, the dynamics a little bit different. Yes. This time around the band's a lot heavier than we were on the last three records, you know, but it's just where we're at. We're all influenced. Like I grew up, you know, you were talking earlier about talking about your, your first shows and things like that, that, you know, you get into that. We'll get into that. I'm sure. But like my first, my first concert was Pantera. You know what oh, I mean? Man. Like I saw Pantera <laughs> when I was 16, when I, when I was 16 years old, man, and saw, chairs getting ripped out of this uh outdoor amphitheater and like just out of the concrete you know what i mean and just yeah. the, the place going crazy and dime bag and rex getting on stage and i was just like i'm doing that like this is what i've got to do you mm. know i want that like and you know it's, it's so um yeah dude i mean uh, so as far as today's day and age goes and, and where we're at as far as that goes uh, getting back to your original question it all it all we've done is evolve you know, we're, we, whether it be a member change or because that's going to bring somebody's different influences into the mix or whatever. But I mean, we're proud of the first three records. We're, we're proud from anything we've put out since then. You know, um, The Devil Will See You Now and, you know, uh, our, our last full length, you know, um, we're, we're super proud of it. And moving forward, is we're just going to take the dynamic that we have now with Monty joining the fold and see where it takes us. I mean, do I, we have a crystal ball? Are we going to... We're going to try and keep all those original bleed the sky elements of the band, the hooks, the the catchy riffs, you know what I mean? That makes your head, you know, it's, it's got to make our head bob, no matter how heavy we get. But all of us listen to heavier music now, you know, the older we've gotten, we just listen to heavier stuff. It's not like we got <laughs> older and stopped listening to metal. It's just like 
the, the older I get, the more brutal the metal I listen to is, you know, so <laughs> yeah. just how it worked out. I just love he- I just love heavy music. I just love heavy music, dude. So I'm influenced by all that. You know, I'm influenced by the hooks from the old days and the bands that I grew up listening to, the Panteras and Sepultura and Machine Head and all those cats, you know, and and then now, you know, going into like, you know, Born of Osiris, Decapitated, you know, the newer cats that are out there, you know, there's lots of really awesome bands out there that have and just phenomenal hooks and like the the way that they they grew up listening to those bands the chimeras and things like that and and are able to piece those riffs together and and come up with new ideas and i mean that's what music is man especially for for me and as a musician i mean where you could say where's the band out as opposed to where it was all it all it is is an evolution quite honestly you know yeah yeah i loved all that you uh you guys still listen to heavy music you know you're not one of these guys that gets older and you know switches off the usual music and starts listening to the likes of neil young and bob dylan or something you know no man i mean everybody's got their thing bro i mean i'm about i'll listen to you know as long as it's got it's got a good tune to it and i can bob my head to it i'll listen to it you know i'm not just like oh i don't want to hear it but metal through and through is is by far my favorite music and always will be i can't help it it's just it's in my blood man yeah, yeah. At this stage, so we'll dive into your own journey when it comes to music. If you can now, can you remember your earliest musical memory? Yeah. Um, so my my father was a guitar player. Um, and my dad, my uh, my biological father was killed in a uh, motorcycle accident. He was hit by oh, a drunk sorry. driver when I was a five-year-old kid. And, uh, and you know, I, yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, but my dad being a guitarist, I always remembered that I always wanted to, you know, you see your dad and he was playing on those stages and things like that, even if it was small venues in Texas, cause I grew up in Texas, you know, I still remember seeing a li- being a little boy and my dad, because he, you know, my parents were divorced. I lived with my dad, my sis lived with my mom. I went to all my dad's little shows and stuff, you know, and he was pulling me along and I'm like this little kid, like five years old, you know, just like hanging out by the amps, you know, like you stay over here, you can't go, you know, but seeing those <laughs> things and, and, and seeing my dad up on stage made me want to be, when I wanted to be like that, you know? And, and then when he passed away, um, you know, I wanted to be a guitar player. I wanted to play music, wanted to play, you know, just wanted to be a musician. I kind of, I took that on as that was that something my past, my dad was going to pass down to me. I always remembered my dad was a musician, you know? So, um, so yeah, so as far as like, uh, and then, uh, so I didn't start playing until I was like nine or 10. Um, but before that I started rocking the hell out on like tennis rackets, man, you know, <laughs> me and my little sister growing up, we couldn't, my mom was a single mom at that point, you know, and, um, you know, raising us on waitress tips, you know, my mom was a server growing up, so we didn't have a whole lot of money, man, you know? And, um, so, uh, my sister and I had put on rock tunes and listening to like Nazareth and like anything my mom that was playing on the radio and it was the eighties, you know, listening to all those jams and just rock guns and roses and all that shit, just jamming <laughs> out, you know, and finally got a guitar when I was like, when, you know, my mom finally got me a guitar for my birthday one year and that was it, dude. I played guitar on like one string for my first year. And then she finally got me hooked up into some lessons, but on that one, those one strings, I learned how to play all kinds of tunes, you know, <laughs> and, uh, not, not correctly, but I can at least, I at least got, I got my hand to be able to start doing the thing, you know, and making the hands work together. So got me in some lessons and, um, I started, you know, I got a little older, started getting into middle school and, and, uh, in high school, taking music theory and all that kind of stuff and and really just kind of honing it in. Again, I wanted to be a musician since I was a kid, you know, since my, you know, my dad was one. I always just wanted to play music. So 
um, started playing. It was into like, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm now in my forties. So like those, the nineties, the late nineties, the Nirvana's, the Alice in Chains, the uh, Pearl Jam, all that stuff was kind of what I was growing up with the black album Metallica. I literally got ner- never mind blood sugar sex magic by the chili peppers and the black album by metallica all on one birthday because they came out that april all the same year you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean i got all that you know and it's j- jammed out to those records and then um you know t- again over time just kept kept listening kept playing kept getting learning more learning more learning different styles different guitar players techniques and getting into different bands that started hanging out with people that were musicians you know and being a young high school kid with you know, a sophomore in high school, but all my buddies are, you know, in early twenties out of high school because they're all playing venues and shit. But I was that kid that was like 15, 16, like hanging with those dudes. Cause those are the dudes <laughs> that I wanted to play with. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I didn't want to play with these guys that were in school with me. Cause they weren't, they weren't ripping it like we were, you know what I mean? They were, you know, so kind of my journey, man. And then, you know, I started, uh, I started, started getting into bands in my twenties and, um, I played in this band out of Texas, San Antonio, uh, for like five years. And then, um, we were, we became friends with the bleed the sky guys, the uh, original lineup, and they were on doing tours and stuff off the paradigm and entropy record and came through Texas. And we started getting on all those dates and building relationships. Then randomly one day I, I got a phone call at work, um, from my ex-wife and cause this is before cell phones were a big thing, right? She's <laughs> like, she's like, Hey, uh, when you get off work, when you get home today, I'm, I'm going to leave this number on the bar. You got to call this, this, this phone number because it's Noah from bleed the sky. They want you to come out to California and, and audition for the guitar player slot. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so I did, I got home and, and uh, Noah had called uh, Noah had called our, uh, my singer who was in, in San Antonio, my old singer and asked, you know, if they could reach out to me and what that looked like and you know because we were all friends we're already all homeboys you know yeah yeah. they just lived in california we were in texas and and uh you know i i I went out i flew out to california and and that was it man we started started writing on writing murder the dance and all that stuff and then um i ended up my my daughter at that time was like four years old my son wasn't even born yet but uh my daughter was like four and and that uh that that lifestyle and being out there and being gone that much really wasn't the right at it was like timing man it was really timing you know um and she wasn't ready for dad to be gone like that and i was i was like okay i gotta make this work i, I already left i left home i left texas quit my job did everything moved left my band left my home left my kid and my wife like literally got an advantage drove to, te- to california to get this going and uh you know we wrote the record and everything and then when it was time to get ready to go out and and go out and do it i i ended up leaving the band as the guitarist um, and, uh, cause my, I, I chose my kid over being selfish for myself at that point, you know? And, um, so I left leave the sky and they went and toured and did some show, did a couple tours and this and that. And then the band kind of disbanded. And at that point, it's kind of where, um, Austin joined Chimera and all that, you know, well then, um, little of the backstory to catch us up where we're at. I got another phone call randomly and like, I guess it was like, my son was nine my son's ninth birthday so about five six years ago and uh because he's 15 now so like six years ago get a phone call and uh it was noah again and he's like hey we're gonna start um maybe putting this thing back together would you consider playing bass because kevin garcia who's now our 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 guitar player um and our producer um is playing guitar and i was like you know dude like 
I miss playing. Like never really been a bass player, but yeah, let's do this shit. So did it. And we, we put together this way lies madness, that record we released in 2020 and, uh, you know, got to go out and do our run and then COVID kind of shut us down. So, uh, from then it's been a lot of this remote writing and, and doing the thing, you know, and, and it's kind of a process, but it's, it is where we are, where we're at right now. And I mean, it all worked out for a reason. Cause at this point, like, you know, the singles doing well, uh, we've made all the right choices we feel. And, and as far as uh, getting our, getting our music to where we want it to be at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Geez. That's some story. And um, you know, when it comes to concerts, concerts you've attended, we heard about Pantera being your first, your first gig. What other concerts would you say have made you? Uh, freaking corn corn a few times i mean honestly i saw pantera like five times because i was i was hooked man those guys just <laughs> yeah. brought it every time and phil didn't give a damn you know uh machine head chimera concerts uh freaking uh kill switch concerts i mean if it was live music and it was metal i was there dude you know what i mean i was i, I don't yeah. miss shows i still, still to this day if it's around me i'm going i just i love live music it's where it's at you know i'd rather I'd rather be playing live music than writing and recording in our our little home studios. So that's how everybody does it these days. But uh, yeah, man, um, years and years of, I mean, there's, there's 25 years of shows to go through if you really want to take that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as a concert goer, then what do you look for in a gig? What makes a good show for you? Um, that the band comes up and just delivers that live show. You know, I'm not going to listen to the record. I want I want them to come on stage and give that energy. You know, like a crowd. You know, it's it's hard to tear yourself away from being a musician while you're at a concert. Like you don't want to be that guy that's in the front row. Like show me what you got, bros. <laughs> you know, like chest puffed out with your arms out. You know, I go to shows and I still want to be I want to be vibing with that band. You know, like into it, having a great time. Like this and and remembering that. You know that that's. The reason I'm there, not not because I want to critique this guy just at a wrong note or the drummer didn't come in on the right time or whatever. I don't give a shit about that. A live show is a lot different than listening to a record. You're going to hear the little things and that's what makes it a live show, you know, but I, as long as the band delivers and like gives gives me that, you know, that live feel, I don't want to see a bunch of dudes stand in there. I want to I want to be a part of what made them feel the way to write the music. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing. Our music comes from our emotions. Our music comes from our things that happen in our lives. Like whether, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting down writing a soft riff or you're riffing metal or whatever you're doing. Like there was a point where there, there's a reason that that came out of that person. I want to feel that when I'm on stage from them. Deliver, deliver it. Make me, make me feel that, you know, give me that, give me that. I want to leave that show exhausted, exhausted, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I get you. And your own shows that you've played then for any listeners that haven't caught one. What can they expect? Uh, high intensity. I mean, we are a definite live band, you know. Um, we're, I'm going to bang my head until it falls off, period, paragraph. You know, I want I want people to leave drenched in sweat. I'm going to leave drenched in sweat. Um, my my so, my ho voice hoarse every single night because I'm screaming it over, you know what I mean, at the crowd, you know, and I'm not getting on the microphone. I'm fall, I'm singing the lyrics with the, with the fans, you know, just up. <laughs> up leg up on the leg up on the monitor slamming you know with those folks because i want again i want to deliver the same thing i would expect from a concert and i th I feel that if somebody's paying the money to come and see me play whether it be in, in a, a thousand person venue or 
you know, a 200-person a, a venue. I don't give a shit. I'm going to give them the same show every single time. I don't care if the show is packed with people or if there's 50 kids in the crowd because it was snowing in Illinois or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Those people that paid to make that show and make that happen are the exact reason that we were able to go out and do that. So they're going to get it every single time. No matter what the case is, we're going to deliver it. Brilliant, brilliant. I love that. And, you know, is there a gig that sticks out in your mind that you like to revisit as maybe the perfect gig you've played? Oh, man, uh, perfect gig. You know, there, I don't think there's a, really such a, a thing as a perfect show because I would always go back and critique things I've done, we did, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe that I've ever played a perfect show, but I can tell you that the coolest show I've ever played, and this is totally me being an old man and being a father in the deal, is we uh, we did our album release at the at the Whiskey A Go Go in Hollywood, uh, California, right? And my daughter, who is now old enough to live on her own, lives in Denver, Colorado, which is you know thousands of miles from that place or whatever. But she got and and keep in mind, like back in the day when I, when we were doing this to begin with, and and like playing, in the, I was in that other band in Texas and stuff. Like my daughter was tiny, tiny little kid. And she was helping me push my cabinets up on the stage <laughs> and, you know, wheeling dad's, yeah. carrying dad's cord bag. And you know what I mean? Like my kid grew up in that dude. And so, um, you know, now that she's older and into music and all those things and like that, she, but she likes a lot of the older stuff, like the, the doors and all, a lot of those, those bands from those days, you know? Um, so to her, that place, the whiskey, a go-go has this huge, I mean, it has a huge influence on all of that. And, and a lot of those bands, um, from back then were, were a, you know, that was a staple for all that. You know what I mean? If you come to California, you're on tour, you're playing the whiskey. And so backstage at that video. Um, so anyways, long of the short, she got to fly out from Denver. She flew out, came out to, to LA while we were on tour, had literally three hours to see her dad, knew that she wasn't going to get more than that because we're there to load in, sound check, hang out through the show, play the show, and then we're gone. We got to get on, we got to get in the van and go. We're off to the next place, you know, but she flew out, came out to California. And then I got to take her to the backstage of the, of the whiskey, a go-go and see all uh, like the main, the main backstage area has all these signatures from all these bands from back in the day until now, just like all these autographs just all over this wall, you know? And like, she got to see a lot of those names and things that she grew up just like, Holy shit, dad. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that was probably the, if you want to talk about a perfect show, were we perfect that night? I'd like to say yes. I don't know. You know, what I, mean? I try to, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect, bro. But um, for me, that was the perfect show. Cause I, it was like literally getting to see the gleam in my kid's eye to see her dad playing this, you know, just highly influenced venue, whether it be a venue that holds 500 to a thousand people or whatever, it's still one of the biggest things that she's ever gotten to see me do. Not even venue size, but the history of that place. That's probably my perfect show, bro. You know? Jeez, I have to say, you know, I'm hugely jealous of her getting to go backstage and see all them. The the whiskey is on the top of my bucket list for when I make it over to the States. I'm, I'd am i be like her. I'd like the doors and all the older stuff as well as newer, heavier stuff. But it's, uh, I think it'll always just hold a special place for me, you know? Same. It did for me, like literally, you know, like getting to, getting to play there and even just walking in those doors. Let's say not even just get to play, but just walk in there and like this place has so much history. You know, the names and the people that have walked through those doors and played on that stage. You're just like, these guys, this place is just 
it's launched so many, so many acts and so, had, you know what I mean? Just like, you can't, you can't beat it as far as the history goes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now I always say you have to have the good with the bad. So is there a gig from any gig you've ever played now since you start playing? Is there a gig that maybe didn't go so well and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I played a show. Uh, I mean, really, you, you deal with all kinds of people playing shows. You know, I remember one show back in the day. Uh, this was like a Texas day. And it, I mean, Texas in, in the summertime is just unbrutal. It's just brutal, man. We played in like the this venue that was no, it had like it was a two floor venue upstairs, downstairs. The main stage was upstairs and like but the venue's AC was out or something. It was like 110 degrees outside. So you could imagine what a packed room is upstairs. They got like fans blowing sprinklers shit all over everybody you know and it was just a bad night for gear the floors all slippery from all the wetness and it's just like you know technical issues things like that but um that's probably the hardest gig man i mean is there i've never really had a shitty i haven't really left going oh this sucks unless it's like a promoter that doesn't follow through and you're having to deal with you know chasing some guy's ask down for your money because you got to get to the next town <laughs> yeah yeah and speaking of touring then what kind of antics do you guys get up to when you're on tour? You know, we're actually, I mean, we're, we're, it's not even about our antics at this point because we're so, uh, like going out for us, it's like we have to make sure that it makes sense because we're all dads. We're all a little bit older, you know? So getting shit faced every night isn't where we're at. I got to bang my head. Like I said earlier, I got to slam my head just as hard as I did the night before. And if I'm hungover, that ain't happening, dude. And you know I mean, no one wants to see me vomit. <laughs> no one wants to see me pass out. So actually, while we're on while we're on tour, we're actually really just taking care of ourselves like we would at home, you know, trying to get a decent amount of rest, you know, and trying to just, you know, take like exercise. You know, Austin, our drummer, likes to bring this little like uh, it's this little board that has like different ways to do different kind of push ups to hit you. You know what I mean? And all, like seriously, like just like just take the best care of ourselves because when we're out there on the road. If we get sick, we still got a show the next night. You know, and uh, it's really just about really self-care and taking care of yourself while you're out there. I mean, it, it two in the morning at a, at a Waffle House laughing at crazy ass people coming in from bar rushes. That's the highlight of our craziness, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Getting breakfasted in the middle of the night, driving us through some truck stop. You know, there's there's not a whole lot of craziness that goes down for us because it's not, it, we're, you know, we're not. We're not trying to go up on stage hungover the next day or feel like shit or, you know, give ourselves any any reason to not be able to pr promote or uh, provide that show for that fan in the next town. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I suppose it doesn't make sense to uh, be going wild and ruin it for yourselves. Yeah. Especially since like we only get to go out for like a month at a time when we do go out, you know, because we we do have lives. We do have our jobs. We do have our commitments and and things that we have our our regular nine to five life obligations that we have to handle. You know, when I'm on tour, I'm on vacation from work. I'm cashing in vacation time while I'm going on tour, you know, and same with the other guys. We all have our, our families and our lives. So none of us want to be away from home for three, six to six months or nine months out of the year. It's just not about that, dude. I've got a 15 year old kid to worry about at home, you know? So. And down through the years, you've shared the stage with some kind of legendary bands what do you learn when you're playing with guys on that level? Uh, really, it's, you know, one, the professionalism. Two, you, you can learn what not to do and what to do. And that goes back into how we carry, how you carry yourself, you know. Um, 
it, when you're growing up and you're watching music videos and you see all the crazy Motley Crue shit and things like that on all, I mean, dude, really? Like if some band we were on tour with was doing that shit nowadays, we'd be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like you're not representing us. You're not representing the tour. You know what I mean? It's a, it's, it's a, you know, going into that, taking care of yourself, man, this was years ago, but Chad uh, from Mudvayne, I, I opened for Mudvayne years ago and um I was hanging out with Chad backstage, you know, or, or behind the venue or whatever, and uh, right outside of their bus and shit, and and just rap with him. And I was like, man, what's you know, what are you, what are you doing on the road? Like, what are you guys, you know, same kind of questions you're asking me, you know, because I was just a young kid, you know. And he's like, dude, he's like, sanitizer, hand sanitizer, wash your hands, don't drink, take care of yourself. This, you know what I mean? I learned that shit at a young age, dude. You know, because yeah, those guys were out there just doing it on the daily for, you know, 10 months out of the year, you got to take, you got to take from the people that do it really just, and again, going into that professionalism and coming out on stage and being your absolute best. I don't want to watch, I don't want to go watch my favorite bands shit faced and making mistakes. If they make a mistake and that it, it is what it is, but if they're out there loaded, I'm not, I'm not about that, dude, you're wasting my money. You're wasting my time. I literally paid money to come and see you play, whether I paid for it or not, I'm still in front of you spending my time which is my most valuable thing to watch you play yeah exactly exactly couldn't have put it better myself and when it comes to your career then how do you guys measure success um as far as our career goes man really and honestly truthfully we play metal so we're not about trying to be super huge rock stars or out there making a uh uh an honest day's living off of playing music it's just not in the cards it's not what we're doing you know, and we're all as far as our success goes, it's it's based off of how many people are coming to the shows, how many people are listening to the tune, how how quick like and of course we have metrics on, on like how how many plays we're getting on all the platforms and the YouTube video, you know, and like how many how many plays did the the video get in, you know, but we released it on the 21st or whatever. So like the last two weeks or whatever it was, you know, how many plays has it gotten, you know, and uh, of course, you could do things like that and and see those things. And, and we have, um, you know, different different reports and different ways to track that thing. But I mean, really, if it comes to success for the band, it's really about how many people are really listening to us and taking, you know, taking the music from us because we're not a, I'm not trying to we're not trying to sell the music to you. You know, I mean, we're not we're giving it away. It's on the platforms. Just listen to it. Rage. Come to the shows and have some fun with us. Like that's where it's about. Success to us is like when that kid is coming to the show that's like, especially for a band that's been around as long as us and comes out to a show and is like, dude, I've been listening to you guys since I was 16. And he's showing up with his, his son, who's like 13. You know what I mean? He's like, and this kid knows the, and this kid knows the words to all the songs. You know what I mean? That's, that's success for us, dude. It's not about driving Mercedes and driving Lamborghinis. I'll, I'll take my Mazda and I'll drive around where I need to and do my thing and be happy with my life and have my little, you know, music room at my house and if i could do those things while having a normal job and able to play music and still you want to talk success brother i'm 43 years old and i'm still able to play metal and i'm able to do it like on the capacity that we are that's success to me bro yeah i'm full you know what i mean like i'm able to, i'm able to still do this i'm still able to put my ideas and music and and the band the same same for all the guys you know we're just blessed to be able to do it and that's that's our success man it's not about it's not about being millionaires. It's about how many people can you can identify with that song or go shit when you guys played that breakdown. That just made me want to throw my head through a wall. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's success for me. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the most important kind. It's more more valuable than monetary or fame and fortune and all that. You know, as long as you're touching people like that and it's it means that much to you. And, you know, say in 30 or 40 years time, you know, you're uh, rocking out in the nursing home. When you look back, what do you want the band's legacy to be? Uh, that we never stopped putting out banger after banger and that we were true to ourselves and true to our fans and the music the whole time period that's it i don't we don't want i don't want anything else i just want people to to know that you know when they look back on anything that believe this guy's done it was that we stuck to our our stuck to ourselves we didn't change ourselves to sound a certain way because it was popular we just did what we do and we were always honest with ourselves about it yeah yeah and before we dive into the last couple of questions then what are your future plans music gigs spill the beans um as far as music goes there's a lot of iron uh, there's a lot of irons in the fire right now you know we just did put out the parasite but we still have like four or five new tracks that we have that are skeletoned and we're kind of like putting it all together with monty right now and we're going to be releasing some more tunes um, as far as dates go, tour stuff goes, we we have that in the works as well right now. I can't say anything for sure because I don't have it all in stone yet, um, but I can say that we are going to have, um, you know, we are going to go out and and do it, you know, even though we've we've tried for the last few years, again, COVID slowed us down and then we had the lineup change and everything, but um, all of us are excited to go out and play. We're working with our agency now. We're having the meetings we need to and get ourselves uh, up and rolling for that. So it's definitely got to be a thing. We just can't talk about tours too, too much yet. Right. Right. I see. I see. Right. We'll, uh, we'll dive into the last couple. So if you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only, who would it be? Mm, Johnny Cash. Really? It'd be Johnny Cash. Cause I never got one. I, I mean, he's an older, old rocker, dude. Guys got the roots. You know what I mean? The stuff we come, I mean, it may not sound the same, but that dude, you know, same with Elvis and all the other cats, you know what I mean? Uh, but Johnny Cash was just that outlaw guy, you know what I mean? As far as this music goes and what he represented, I mean, as far as that time and day and age, that dude was metal as fuck, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and true. I, and, and I, I never got to see that. And and I I did get to see Pantera. I did get to see Sepultura. I did see Typo. I, did, I didn't get to see Alice in Chains with Lane Staley. I would have loved to have seen that. So I guess it would be Alice in Chains or Johnny Cash because I'm thinking of dudes that have passed away that I couldn't see now, you know. Um, but that's definitely probably one just because it would be it would be awesome to get to to experience that, you yeah. know. Yeah, it really would. And if you had to spend 24 hours locked in a room with any musician from history, who would it be? It would have been Dimebag. Really? From Pantera all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Dimebag was a pan Dimebag was a huge influence on me growing up, you know, and pa the Pantera, Pantera riffs and, and all that. And uh just the I mean, I grew up I, I was I grew up in Texas. I grew up about four hours south of where all those guys were from, you know, the Pantera guys and um we had that texas pride like it was texas metal you know what i mean <laughs> so like of course you know i got to meet dime i got to meet dime for like two minutes one time because him it was they were playing he was playing with damage plan with Vinny and that new band that they had after pantera right and they were playing in san antonio and i i got the opportunity to go backstage at this venue and uh and sure as shit like there was just dime bag and of course 
he's just hanging out because he's it's not like a meet and greet or something. It's just I got to go backstage at this fucking amphitheater thing, right? So I'm walking around and I'm seeing all these people, and there's Dime and he's hanging out, just chilling at this like tent, like getting some grub. And I was just like, fuck it. If I don't go talk to this guy and just say hello. He'll never remember me. He doesn't need to know who the fuck I am. But I at least got to go shake the hand of the man that made me slam my head as hard as I did for so many great records. You know, so it would definitely be able to pick his brain for a little bit, even on just those little things he used to do with those guitars, man, and those squeals. And I can just bite into those riffs, you know, <laughs> definitely dime bag for sure. Completely understand. And the final one. So what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life? Oh, Soundtrack to my life. Uh, I mean, don't fear the reaper, man. <laughs> you know, the end Love of the day, uh, at the at the end of the day, uh, we're we're born into into whatever we're gonna be dealt, and you know, and, and it's up to us to make the difference on how we're gonna live our life on the day to day. So, you know, as silly as it is, like my hand, my hand tat, you probably can't see it too well, but it's it's a it's a stop, it's a it's a clock, right? It's like a a watch, old school watch. And it's the time that I was born to just remind me of that. I'm never going to get that time back. So whenever I, you know, anything I do in life, man, has got to be full throttle and, and I got to be all in because period, I'm, I'm not going to fear my death, but I'm also going to make sure that I go into the grave sliding into home base and not just walking my ass in like a turtle. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love that. Brilliant. Brilliant. Listen, David, it's been an absolute pleasure now. I've truly enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you so much. It's been very nice hanging out with you.
Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rockin'. Hey. Hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show is over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.